Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. The holiday season is truly a special time of the year. It brings families together, encourages some much needed rest, and it even offers a unique opportunity to get closer to God. Today, Pastor Jim starts a three-part lesson on this last present from heaven. In this first part, you will hear him talk about the meeting. No matter where you are or what you're doing, Jesus wants to meet you. You are exactly where you're supposed to be this holiday season, and Jesus is knocking at your door waiting for an answer. Now, let's join Pastor Jim in the book of Luke chapter 2 as he begins his message, A Present from Heaven, Purpose. Well, can you believe it? Another Christmas has come and gone. For many kids, the waiting is over. Some of you parents are just like, I'm so glad. That kid just kept asking me over and over again about Christmas. Well, don't worry, their birthday's coming up. (laughs) And they want to know what they're going to get for that. Well, what about you? What are you waiting for? I'm not going to ask you what you got for Christmas, but I am going to ask you, what are you waiting for? Uh, The Gospel of Luke gives us more information, let me clarify that, gives us more factual and correct information on baby Jesus than anywhere or anyone else. 2,000 years ago, many people in Israel were waiting for the Messiah. Now, they were waiting, but they weren't ready. See, we could be waiting for something, and then actually when it comes, we're not ready. And for many of them, as you go through the life of Jesus, you see that while they would say they were followers of God, their faith had gone off course. In Jesus' day, waiting led some to what I would call an obsessive opposition to the government, the Roman Empire. And I could see why. Get out of our business. Caesar, get out of our country. This is God's place. This isn't your place. I understand why people can feel a certain way about politics. Others, well, they compromise their faith. They figured, well, maybe he's really not coming. I don't know what's what's the delay, what's going on. And so they compromise their faith. Other people had lost their motivation for their faith. And I think that's a big problem we're seeing across the church in America today. A lot of you know people, or maybe it's even you, you've just lost your motivation to follow God. You're just tired. You're exhausted. Talk to some people and they say, you know, I quit my job. And I go, okay, why? I don't know. I quit doing this. Why? Well, I don't know. I started drinking again. Why? I don't know. People are just clueless. They just don't really understand. They don't know why they're doing what they are doing. Uh, Some people have actually left the faith, particularly among the younger people. A lot of younger people have left the faith. You know what they're, any of you heard the term quiet quitting? Quiet quitting means you kind of work from home or you even work at the office. Some of you are like everybody who works for me is quiet quitting, Pastor Jim. But it means you do the least required to kind of keep your job. You make it look like you're working. And a lot of people seem to be quiet quitting their faith. I'm curious, this past Christmas, how many people do you think were quiet quitting on Jesus? How many people do you think really, once again, another Christmas came and went, and they actually didn't even really think much at all about 
Christmas. Now, for our church, I got to tell you, I was so excited. This was one of the best attendance Decembers we have had in years. Now, some of you are new, and you didn't catch that you're supposed to go Christmas shopping on Sunday mornings. Actually, you're not, okay? But I was very excited by that. And so how many people missed Jesus again or were putting in the minimal effort to realize that Jesus is the reason for the season? And now already, today, it's New Year's. Yet Christmas is the exciting fulfillment of God's promises. And and it's not the date of Christmas. It's the coming of Jesus. What what is God's ultimate promise? That, That God loves and God gave his son to us in order to save his people from their sins. Now, maybe you are not one of his people. If you're not one of his people, that's okay. I'm really actually glad that you're with us here today. Thank you so much for coming. You're really our guest, and I hope you'll really, you know, say hi after the service or something like that. We've been looking at, in this series, we've called Presence from Heaven, and so far we've seen hope, joy, freedom, and good news. Those are the presents that we said Jesus gave to us. Hope, joy, freedom, and good news. Now, we certainly don't want to put those presents away and forget them. Did you ever do that with a present? Somebody gives you a present, you put it somewhere, and six months later, you're like, oh, yeah, there it is. You kind of forgot about it. We don't want to do that, but that can very easily happen to us, can it? I mean, a lot of times, by the time we're not even out of the parking lot, we've already forgotten what we've, you know, in the message, we're like, yes, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, and then we're not even out of the parking lot, and we forget. Why is that? Well, I think there's a few reasons. Number one is culturally, we are a very self-focused people. Did you know that? Some of you are like, I am not. See, I just proved it. (laughs) We're very self-focused people. Also, I know for some of you, you're not going to believe this. Some of us are easily distracted. Are any of you easily distracted? Wow, that gives me a lot of hope for the rest of the sermon here. (laughs) Others of us, we are constantly looking for something new. Are any of you looking for something new all the time? You're searching the internet constantly, looking for something new that's going to make your life better or something like that. But I want to challenge you today and actually next week too, that perhaps it's because we never opened the fifth present. Now, there are many presents. There's many of them, but we only identified five. And that present is the title of our message today, A Present from Heaven, Purpose. Purpose. We'll divide our text into three sections. We only read a small section of it to get started here. And the three sections we'll call the meeting, the message, and the motivation. Easy to remember, right? Well, for me anyway. So number one, let's begin with the meeting. Now, verse 21 through 24 is not really the meeting the way we think of it. The meeting is going to come in the section that we read, but it gives us some really what I would call necessary background. It says this, and when eight days were completed for the circumcision of the child, that's according to the law of God, law of Moses, his name was called Jesus. Now, when we go through this passage, please note that Luke is constantly drawing our eyes to Jesus. He's constantly drawing our eyes to Jesus. And so he says, his name was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. 
Now, Jesus is a translated name. The Hebrew name is Yeshua. The Greek is pronounced Yasus. Aren't you glad we, have to, we don't have to call him Yasus? Yasus, right? <laughs> I'm glad we don't have to do that. And the name basically means help, deliverance, salvation. Verse 22, now when the days of her, now most of your versions say there, various reasons for that. We're not gonna go down that rabbit trail. Now when the days of her purification, according to the, and if you have your own Bible, circle the word law of Moses, were completed, they brought him, where's Luke moving our eyes, to Jesus, to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. That's what we just read, right? when we did the dedication. Now, these are two separate ceremonies. The purification and the dedication are presenting him. Verse 23, as it is written in the, circle this, law of the Lord, every male, some versions say every firstborn male, so who are we talking about here? Jesus, who opens the womb shall be called holy to or dedicated to the Lord. Verse 24, and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the, circle this in your Bible, law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And that would be the sacrifice of the poor for the purification. So we know Jesus was poor. At least Mary and Joseph were poor. So why in the world were Mary and Joseph, when they had Jesus in Bethlehem, why were they so far from home? You think they would have the baby where her family was, but no, they're far from home in having baby Jesus. Why? Because they obeyed the law of the government. The government said, there's a census. You have to go to the land of your forefathers. Now they take a walk, a few miles over to Jerusalem. Why are they in the temple? Three times I had, you circle it in your Bible, they are obeying God's law. So Mary and Joseph sought to obey God's law. They sought to honor God with their lives. It's a great goal, isn't it? If you're a follower of Jesus, it's a great goal to honor God with your life. Now, as we go further along, we're going to see the Holy Spirit's going to direct this fellow Simeon, who we just, before we started the message, we read what he says. And what's happening here is something kind of interesting that many people wouldn't necessarily catch is what we're doing is he's connecting for us. He's connecting the law. We circled it three times. The Holy Spirit, which was often associated with the prophets in the Old Testament. So he is connecting the law and the prophets, the Old Testament, if you will, with the gospel, with the person of Jesus Christ. I want to read two verses to you from the book of Galatians super important. I put off reading them every single week before we got here. Every time I was like, I got to read it. I got to read it. I kept putting it off, but now I have to. It's our last time in this series. Galatians 4, verses 4 and 5. I'm going to read it twice. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who are under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons. Now, let me go a little bit more slowly. But when the fullness of time had come, now there's a lot of different reasons why this worked out well. Basically, the Roman Empire spoke one language. They had a great road system, travel system for the times. And so this is a divinely planned moment in time 
for God to reveal his plan of salvation, his plan of redemption, his plan of the forgiveness of sins and how to get eternal life. God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. Now, do you see why it's so important that Mary and Joseph took him to the temple? Right? Jesus, at one point in his ministry, says, which of you accuses me of sin? And guess what? All the big thinkers of Israel, right? Like we have the big thinkers of the world right now. We're speechless. There was nothing they could say. So this little thing may seem like not a big deal, but this is very important what they're doing right now. Verse five says, to redeem. What does that mean? It means to buy back from slavery to sin. The cross of Christ is the only way to be free from the slavery of sin to receive God's offer of forgiveness of sins and eternal life. And who is it for? Those who are under the law. And you're either under the law or you're under God's grace. If you have not put your trust in Jesus, you're under the law. So why did Jesus need to come? Because these people were under the law. Because every single one of them had failed. Every single one of us has failed. Bible says you have to be a perfect person to enter heaven. Any of you perfect? No, none of us are perfect. Some of us may think we are, but we're not. We're not perfect at all. Jesus was perfect, but we are, we are not. God is holy. That's why the cross is such a beautiful thing. You have this Jesus perfection, okay? And he is being treated as if he was a sinner. And his perfection is transferred to us. He takes our sins and his perfection is transferred to us when we put our trust in him. Okay, so you say, that's fine. Is there more? Yes. The best news is yet to come. It says this, that we might say in order that we might receive the adoption as sons. Some would say children. In other words, what he's saying is that God will actually make you his son or his daughter and you will get eternal life in heaven. How do you get that? By grace, through faith. You didn't do it. By grace, through putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Now, Mary and Joseph seems to me to be people of quiet faith and humble obedience. That is something within all of our reach. They weren't perfect people. I mean, at one point in time, Mary seems to kind of be doubting Jesus a little bit right? So they weren't perfect people, but being quiet and humble and and obeying God is something within all of our reach. Well, what would they have done? Similar to what we just talked about up here. They would have read and taught Jesus scripture. I mean, some people think that Jesus was born knowing scripture, you know? What baby's first words? A lot of times it's dada, right? We love that. Us fathers, we love that. Because it's harder to say a mm than a duh. <laughs> duh. <laughs> but a lot of people think Jesus' first word was, thou shalt love the Lord God with all your heart. <laughs> right? No, they had to teach him the scripture. They said their prayers with Jesus. They, they took him to worship services. It's hard not to see how serious Mary and Joseph were in worshiping God with a prepared heart and a prepared soul. They were in God's house, preparing their hearts and soul, worshiping God. You know, if you don't have a New Year's resolution, there's one for you right there. 
not just to come into God's house, but to come into God's house with a prepared heart and a prepared soul. So they obey the Lord and they go to the temple. Did they feel like it? I don't know. Was it convenient? Miles from home, traveling, walking on a donkey, you just had a baby a few months ago or something like that, two months ago? I don't think it's convenient. Did they want to go? Doesn't tell us. Would have been easier to sleep in. People watching at home. (laughs) We love you guys. Now, we're not told at all. So why should we come to church? Because the Lord told us to. You're like, it's that simple? Yeah, it's that simple. It's that simple. Sometimes coming to church is a delight. Sometimes it's a duty. Personally, I don't know about you, but I've noticed in my own life and in the lives of a lot of other people that opportunity often comes to people who obey. And God just seems to bring these things kind of into our path. It's also true, we often meet Jesus where God's people are. Have you ever noticed that? You feel like you're out of touch with God and all of a sudden a friend comes up to you and speaks a word to you and you're like, they walk away and you're like, was that my friend, God, or was that you? What was that? You know, if you're not a follower of Jesus or you're not so sure, Sinners often meet God where God's people are. They do. I know that's where I met God. I was like, oh, wow, this is, this is weird. But I love, next thing I knew, I was one of them. And if we go to a church that teaches the word of the Lord, we hear the word of the Lord at church. We hear what? We hear, we hear the call of Jesus. We hear what the next step is for our faith journey to take. I think the thing about Mary and Joseph that probably is the most obvious to me, I can't say for sure, but it seems obvious to me, is um, they don't give it a second thought. They just go to the house of the Lord. Did you ever think that maybe that's some of our problem, is that we give it a second thought? I mean, one of the worst things you can ever say to me is I'll be talking and you'll be like, Well, I hope to see you Sunday, and you go, I have to, I'm serving. (laughs) No, 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 no. But we give things a second thought. You know, it's that second thought that costs you. You know that, don't you? Instead of just doing the right thing. I want to talk to the online people that are watching right now. I know there's some people that, because of health reasons, or maybe some people from out of state that watch, and stuff like that, and they say, no, I, you know, I, I, I get up, and, you know, I, I get out of my pajamas, and I get dressed, and nothing wrong with watching church in your pajamas, and, you know, I sing the songs, and, and I watch. I like to watch at the same time it's actually happening, because then I feel like I'm part of the church. You are. I'm not saying that if you're watching at a different time, you're not, but you are. You are, you are here with us, and I don't think they really thought about it. Now, do we have to do the Old Testament sacrifices? No. But having met the Lord by grace, through faith, it's important to do what the Lord says. A lot of people don't like to talk about this. Following Jesus comes with responsibilities. 
There's actually things that God tells us to do and our attitudes and our efforts in regards to those things is important. Galatians 4.4, we read he was born under the law. He was subject to all the regulations of the law of Moses. He was a poor person of a despised race. Bible scholars call this Christ's humiliation. But notice Jesus took no shortcuts in his perfection. None. He did all the things that God said to do. Verse 25, we meet a man who meets Jesus for the first time. It says, and behold, look, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just, some versions say righteous. Maybe that has to do with the way he was with people. And devout, he was a man of faith, waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit, you might want to circle that, was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ or the Lord's Messiah. Verse 27. So he came, some versions say he was guided by the Spirit, third mention, into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus, stop right there for one second, opportunity comes to him because he is obeying God. He could have said, ah, you know, not a good day. A little cloudy out. <laughs> Don't feel like going. No, he didn't. Opportunity came when he obeyed God. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, verse 28, he, Simeon, took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, let's stop right there. Bless God, praise God. We're not told if Simeon is a temple official. We're not told that. We're only told he was a just man, a righteous man, and he was devout. So he's actually presented to us as kind of a regular guy, just a guy. Now, why did the Holy Spirit bring Simeon into the temple at that very moment? Before you say to meet Jesus, Let's not have it to be that simple. I want to just challenge you and say to you that he brought Simeon in at that moment for the same reason that he brought you here today. For the same reason you are watching online today. For the same reason you're listening on the radio today. Because as you're listening, Jesus wants to meet you. And that's why Simeon's there. As much as he wants to meet Jesus, Jesus wants to meet him. You say, he's just a baby. God knows what he's doing. Now, one thing we have to be careful of, of this whole being led of the Holy Spirit thing. Do not put words in the Holy Spirit's mouth. Okay, don't do that. People who tend to do that tend to do it when it's just stuff they want. You know, back years ago, people would write in stuff like, uh, God led me not to come in and teach the kids tomorrow, Saturday night, 11.30 at night. I'm like, oh, God must hate kids. <laughs> don't put words in the Holy Spirit's mouth. Say, I don't feel like coming, I can't make it. Whatever it is, don't put words in God's mouth. And be very, very careful of people who do, especially those of you who are new. 
right? They'll be like this to you. God told me. Okay, that's a SpongeBob move. You don't know what that is, okay? <laughs> God told me. How many of you sinners know who SpongeBob is? <laughs> All right, don't call me Mr. Krabs. <laughs> so it's important to strike the balance, okay? Some people believe there's no Holy Spirit. That stuff's no more. Other people, the Holy Spirit's in everything. Oh, he led me. What do we call that? Lead poisoning. He led me. He showed me. I had a feeling. Strike the balance. Thank you for joining us on today's edition of Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Dover, New Jersey. Would you like to hear this message again? Simply log on to our website, www.changedbyloveradio.com. There, you can listen to archived broadcasts. We promise that your heart and life will be touched very specifically when you take the time to listen to Pastor Jim's easy-to-follow, verse-by-verse teachings of the Bible. Also, know that we are thankful for your continued support and prayers that allow us to bring our show to you. Through this holiday season and messages just like this one, may you find joy in the Savior Jesus Christ. He can give you peace that passes all understanding, even during this busy time. Will you make plans to join us again next time for another encouraging, comforting, and also convicting teaching of the Word of God? Please do. We hope to be with you next time here on Changed by Love.